So I was with a friend of mine a while back. First of all, I'm not going to tell you who it was because I would not want to embarrass them. But second, I won't tell you because after 20 years and several more years of life before that, I cannot remember which friend this was. Uh, so we're, whoever you are, you're safe. There's a good chance you're in this room, but you're safe. We were getting ready to go somewhere and we popped the trunk of the car and there in the trunk was a garbage bag. And I said, what's with the garbage bag? And they said, oh, that's some clothes I have to drop off at Goodwill. And then they went on to confess, I actually should have dropped them off a few months ago. I actually should have dropped them off about a year ago. <laughs> I've been carrying this around. I said, well, why not just let's, you know, stop by? Or I said, just throw it away. At this point, it's just garbage. Well, it's not actually mine. I promised a friend of mine I would drop it off at Goodwill. It doesn't belong to me. So at what point did that donation stop being a donation and become simply carrying someone else's garbage around for them for a year? Just, just extra baggage in the trunk that they didn't need to be carrying. Extra extra baggage that's taking up space where they could have been putting their groceries there. They could have bought a gift for somebody. Maybe a nice plaque or something. And they could have put that there. Uh, they, could have, they could have packed luggage for a trip and taken that. But instead, all they were doing was carrying this garbage around. I'm, I'm glad I can't remember which friend it was. I wouldn't want to embarrass them, but I think we all could probably confess. We all could confess. We've been carrying some stuff around with us. We've been carrying some stuff around that we should have let go of a long time ago. I'm not talking about clothing donations. I'm talking about unforgiveness. And if you're like me, most of the time, you feel pretty much at peace with everybody. Most of the time, you, you do okay, and, and you feel like you're even overflowing with grace. But all it takes is that one little thought, that one little memory that hits you, and suddenly you're thinking, yeah, but remember that time they did this? Remember that time this person said that? And it all just comes bubbling back up, and you realize you're still carrying a lot of garbage around with you that you should have let go of a long time ago, and you need to find some way to drop it off once and for all and be done with it. So we come to the one another's in the Bible, and it's there. We find it over and over again. Forgive, forgive one another, and that's not all. It gets worse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, another one another, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Are you kidding me? As God in Christ forgave? That's, that's a tall order. That sounds impossible. We know that God has forgiven us completely. We know that He as the scripture we, I read earlier today, he, he forgets our sins. He remembers them no more. But there are hurts that we carry around and we've tried and we cannot forget them. They, they still keep popping back up. And all it takes is one little comment, one little errant thought or a date on a calendar that reminds us that's the day. That's the day that somebody did me wrong. That person hurt me. And it's something that we suddenly were carrying it all around with us all over again. Forgive. As God in Christ forgave you, how? What does that even look like? Well, one thing I think we've got to understand before we really get to the heart of forgiveness, one thing we need to understand is it looks like a commitment, 
to displaying God's grace in our lives. And that's an important aspect of forgiveness that we can't forget. We should know that from the very beginning. That's what forgiveness is. It is, it is a commitment to displaying God's grace in our lives. When we say yes to following Jesus, as a couple of people are going to be doing today, when we say yes to following Jesus, when we make that commitment, we are saying more than just, yes, I want forgiveness for myself. We're saying more than just, yes, I want to go to heaven someday. Far, far away from now. But someday I want to go to heaven. We're saying Jesus is now my way. Jesus says I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're saying that Jesus is now my way. Jesus is my way that I respond to the world. Both the joys and the sorrows, I respond like Jesus. Jesus is my way that I respond to those who love me and to those who hurt me. And sometimes those are the same people. I'm going to respond to others with the grace that Jesus has extended me. And that's hard. It's probably why we call it a commitment. It's not supposed to be easy. Forgive as God in Christ forgave you. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. I want to head over to a parallel passage to that today. So if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. If you want to grab one of those blue Bibles in front of you, it is page 984. Colossians chapter 3. As I said, this is a parallel passage. It says the same thing, except it, it, it expands on it just a little bit. And you need to hear how it expands on it. Beginning in verse 12 of Colossians 3, Paul writes, "...put on then as God's holy ones..." As God's chosen ones, excuse me. "...put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on this, put on compassionate hearts, put on kindness, humility, meekness, and patience." Those those kind of sound familiar. We ought to hear this but, but, as sounding very familiar to what we've already read in Ephesians. But hear the first part. Put on then. <laughs> it's the language of clothing yourself. You got up this morning and you chose to put on some clothing. You chose to not wear what you were wearing last night to bed, right? You chose to clothe yourself today. It's the language of making a decisive change. I've chosen to wear this. I can't wear unforgiveness and still be the person that Jesus calls me to be. Every year this time, I take all of my summer clothes, my short sleeve shirts, my shorts, my t-shirts, and I put them in a Ziploc baggie, a great big Ziploc bag, and I put them away and I take the Ziploc bag out that has my winter clothes, all of my flannel shirts, my long sleeve shirts, my sweaters and stuff like that. I wash them to get that funk off of them. And I switch my wardrobe out and I start to wear my winter clothes. Except this year, I can't let go of summer. And I have not done it yet. I've got too soon. I've been told what the weather's going to be like this coming week. But if you've seen me over the last couple of weeks when it's been cold, what you've seen is a t-shirt and a hoodie. Oh. I have washed it a couple of times. But, but I, I, have, I have not prepared for the coming season. Instead, I'm making do with my hoodie, which is starting to stink a little bit, and, and with my t-shirts that I'm wearing over and over again. And I'm well aware I'm starting to stink. The answer is not just wash the hoodie, Brett. The answer is put away the summer clothes because a new season has come and the new season demands change. 
sooner or later, I'm, I'm going to have to commit to the season of winter. It's not going to be something I can deny any longer. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you're still clothing yourself in the old hurts that you've experienced, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're still clothing yourself in, in, in the old pains that you've had, if you're still carrying those things around, folks, sooner or later, it's going to start to stink. Sooner or later, it's going to stink. And Jesus calls you to a decisive change. Again, verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, put on kindness, put on humility, put on meekness and patience. Do those, do those sound familiar, by the way? Because I think, I think they should sound kind of familiar to some of us. I think we've heard them before. And what we're seeing here is that this call to forgiveness, in this call to forgiveness, what we're seeing is that forgiveness is part of our growth as Christians. Verse, four, or verse 12 sounds an awful lot like the fruit of the Spirit, doesn't it? Sounds an awful lot like the fruit of the Spirit. You remember the fruit of the Spirit? Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is the produce of the Christian life. The fruit of the Spirit is what grows in you when you are, when you are growing in faith. And I think of those nine fruit of the Spirit. You notice there is no fruit of forgiveness. It's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forgiveness, gentleness. It's not in there. Forgiveness is not in there. Instead, the fruit of the Spirit grow us in the image of Jesus, more and more like Him. So if we're growing in the image of Jesus, forgiveness is going to be something that comes out of that. Forgiveness is going to be part of, uh, of growing more and more like Jesus. That's, that's an important realization for us. I think it's an important realization because maybe a long time ago, you might have written yourself off when it comes to forgiveness. You may have just said, I can't do it. I cannot forgive. You may have just written yourself off. Long ago, you were hurt. It hurt really bad. And you found that you did not have what it took to forgive that hurt. And you said, I can't do it. I won't do it. I will not forgive. I am too wounded. But hear me out. What if, what if at that time your faith was not mature enough yet to forgive? Are you willing to trust the Holy Spirit's presence in your life? The Holy Spirit's presence as He's continued to grow you, are you willing to trust that the Holy Spirit may be growing you in forgiveness? Now, if we're honest, maybe the answer is no. <laughs> maybe the answer is no, I, I don't have that kind of trust. More than that, I think sometimes we don't let go of those things because we would not recognize ourselves if we didn't have our hurts. If we weren't wounded, we wouldn't know who we were. We wouldn't recognize ourselves if we let go of that pain. That hurt has become a part of who we are, so we wear it on our sleeves. I wouldn't recognize myself if it weren't for my pain. I wouldn't know who I am. And if I do forgive, if I do forgive that person, what next? What might I forgive next? That's a scary thought. Remember many years ago at a different church, having a conversation in Sunday school class, we were talking about forgiveness. And one man in that, in that congregation, a dear friend, he was honest enough to admit it. He said, there is one thing that I will never forgive. One hurt that someone inflicted that I will never forgive. I don't care what else happens. I will never forgive that. And trust me, I got to know him well enough that he told me what it was. And it's the kind of thing you'd want to hold on to. 
It was absolutely horrible, horrifying what this, what, what this man had, had done. Here's the problem. The person he wouldn't forgive, he was dead. Now what's his unforgiveness doing to that person? How much is it hurting his, his enemy? It's not. His unforgiveness was poisoning his own soul. It was robbing him of his fruitfulness in faith. It was robbing him, it was robbing him of knowing the grace with which Jesus had forgiven him. See, it's not just about forgiving that person. It's not just about whether or not that person will even accept your forgiveness. It's about what forgiving does to you. It's about what forgiving does for all of us, for the church. You see, forgiving one another opens us all up to greater experiences of God's grace. Ephesians 4.32, again, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then we come to Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another. There's another one, bearing with one another. And we're going to cover that one before the end of the month. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The word forgiveness in English, you know, we, we define forgiveness as a pardon. You know, we've, we've seen that in politics and in other places. To forgive something is to pardon it. To forgive something is to excuse an offense. Paul's language here in the Greek, it is much more expressive. The word that he uses for forgive Literally, the word means, and expressively, the word means to act in grace towards someone. Can you hear that? To act in grace towards someone. So now you understand. It's not just about forgiveness. You understand why it goes with kindness and humility and meekness and patience to act in grace towards someone. In fact, if you back up in Colossians 3 and you go back to verse 8, but now you must put them all away. In other words... This is the stuff you have to take off. If you're going to get dressed for, the, for, for Christ, these are the things you have to put off. Now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. There's another one another. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Put off. It's that image of being dressed again. Taking off the old, putting on the new, and clothing yourself in the character of Christ. Forgive one another. Forgiveness, forgiving one another, opens us all up to greater experiences of God's grace. Grace that we extend to one another. Grace that we carry for one another. Just as my friend was carrying garbage for his friend, <laughs> it's grace that we end up carrying for each other. I think it's interesting to notice in verse 13. He says, and if one has a complaint against another, does that, that probably never happens anymore, but if one has a complaint against another, tell someone else about your complaint. That, that, no, wait, that's not what it says. I read this and I wonder. I wonder what Paul's getting at, but, but here's what I wonder about that. Could it be, maybe, that part of the reason we can't forgive is because we are carrying someone else's complaints around with us? Someone done someone else wrong, 
And then they told us about it, and we've been carrying that complaint for a long time. We've been holding on to unforgiveness because someone else was hurt. Someone else was offended. Like that trunk full of, full of garbage. We, we somehow had this noble notion that I need to carry this for them. I need to carry this complaint for my friend. It's my duty. It's my commitment. When what we might have to do is help them see how to forgive, how to act in grace toward that person. And maybe maybe you're like my friend, and maybe you're saying, I can't forgive that. I cannot pardon it. I cannot excuse it. I cannot forgive. But let me ask you this. You know, I cannot forgive. I've been wounded too much. I've been hurt too much. I cannot, I will not forgive. But let me ask you this. Can you act in grace towards that person? Just a little bit of grace. Can you act in grace towards that person? Just, just a little bit of grace. Let's go back to Paul's word for forgive. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Can you act in grace towards that person just as God in Christ acted in grace toward you? Could you pray for that person? That's one of the one another's, by the way. Praying for one another is a way that we act in grace towards others could you pray for that person could you welcome that person i mean if that person was was in church one day you walked in and you didn't recognize you know you didn't expect to see somebody <laughs> could you act in grace towards that person and welcome them you know the bible says welcome one another that's another way that we act in grace towards one another could you bear a burden for that person you know that thing that hurt you they probably don't need to be carrying that either could you help them bear that burden? Because if you could do those things, just praying for someone, welcoming them, helping them out, then maybe one day what you might realize is that you have acted in grace in such a way that you've actually forgiven that person because you've allowed yourself to grow in God's grace. Verse 14 Verse 14 says, And above all these, put on love, there it is, love one another. Above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There it is. Love binds them all together. It's like that jacket you put on over the rest and it just pulls the suit together. It pulls the whole thing together. Love binds them all together. Pray for one another, forgive one another, love one another. And then we find in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Now, it, could be very, it could very well be that today you're not there yet. It could very well be today that you're not ready to be thankful. Do not write yourself off. Don't write yourself off. Don't write the Holy Spirit's work in you off. Do not write forgiveness as a possibility off because the day will come when it's finally time to drop that garbage off. And when you do, you will find that you have picked up His grace so much more. You have picked up His love. And on that day, you will be thankful. Forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. 
Forgive one another. Act in grace towards one another as He acted in grace towards you because you know Him. Because you know what that gift was. You know what that gift of grace cost Jesus. You know. You're very aware of what that gift of grace cost Jesus. There's someone in your life there's someone who has been bearing a burden and they don't know what that grace is like yet. They've not encountered that grace. They've never had a real experience of His grace yet. And it may be that the first time they experience that grace is when they experience it from you. It may be that the first place they need to see it is in you. Forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave you. That's why we come back to the table week after week. That's why we come back to the bread, back to the cup, to remind us of what was done for us. What was done for us together. That God in Christ has forgiven us. And to remind ourselves of the cost. Are we willing to take this up and thank Him for what He has done? And are we willing to do that not just through this, but through the way that we love, through the way that we forgive, through the way that we extend His grace to others. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. And then we'll take this together. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for the reality of the forgiveness that we've received. We know what we didn't deserve, and yet You extended it anyway. And we know that there are those who have hurt us. And there's some place in our heart that says they do not deserve our forgiveness. But we will never fully appreciate what You have done for us until we are ready to extend grace to them. Lord, I, none of this is dismissive of our pain. None of this dismisses the fact that we have been hurt. None of this dismisses the fact that relationships sometimes have been irrevocably shattered. But Father, if, if we are to truly understand what You have given us in Christ, then we have to be willing to extend that to those that have hurt us, even those who have hurt us in terrible ways. Show us the path of grace. Show us how to get there. Lord, we know it's going to be a path that takes us closer to Jesus. And that is a path that we're willing to walk. Bless this bread as it represents His body today. Bless this cup as it reminds us not only of the blood that was shed for our sins, but the blood that makes us family, that makes us one, that allows us to one another together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.